thank you so much for joining us this morning. If you're here in the room or you're online, we are so grateful for you. I am not Pastor Paul Godhart, okay? We sometimes dress alike, but he's a lot more handsome than I am. We're so grateful for our pastor. He's out today, but uh, we're continuing to pray for him and for his family. And we are so grateful to have the Lord in this place today. Without him, we would be absolutely nothing. Amen? And also, amen, thank you. We also, uh, I want to say thank you to all of our volunteers from yesterday. Yesterday was Serve Day. If you haven't had an opportunity to join in for Serve Day, we had an incredible time on Serve Day. Matter of fact, you're getting ready to see some pictures of what happened during Serve Day. The choir got together and put together some things for some local nursing homes, and so we were able to be a blessing to them. And so they prayed over those bags, and they were able to give those out. And then also over in Holly Homes, they were able to do some gardening work And they were able to go over and kind of refurbish some gardens there. And so not only does the church impact here, but we're going out, continuing to go out into the community. But not only that, while they were doing gardening work in the back, in the front, they were actually giving a sewing class to ladies in that community, sharing the gospel, giving a sewing class at the same time. What an incredible ministry. Not only that, hey, watch this. No, not only that, the ASU team showed up yesterday in full force. They delivered meals to senior adults in our community. It was probably over 100 of them. And so we were overwhelmed with what God is doing. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise for what he's doing. And to be honest, I don't think we really realize what the Lord is doing. Sometimes it's hard for us to really grasp or in the moment to kind of see what the Lord is doing in our midst, the doors that he's opening, the opportunities that he's providing for us. As a church, we prayed for a new pastor. The Lord gave us an incredible pastor through Michael Catboom, and we were like, man, is, can it get any better than this? And he sent us Pastor Paul Godhart. He blessed us. He heard our prayers and answered our prayers, opening doors for us to serve his people. But now, as we stand on the eve of receiving the vision from the pastor, I am incredibly excited. I sit at this front seat, and I'm telling you, I'm up just kind of sitting up and say, all right, pastor, give us the vision from the Lord. Give us what God is showing you for the next season of this church. And I'm going to tell you why that's important, because it involves you. It involves you. And so as I listen to the messages that he's preached previously, and I'm preparing to receive the vision, the the way forward for the church, we know that our responsibility is seeing people saved. We know that. But I'm interested in saying, Lord, how are we going to do it? For the next 20 to 30 years, God, how are you going to use us for your glory? God, how do you want to use this church to reach the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ? God, how do you want to do that? And I'm grateful that you've allowed me to be a part of it. You know, somebody told me, and I saw a quote somewhere. They said, the things that you complain about, are the things that other people are praying about. God has blessed us in such, such an incredible way. And as we step into this new season, 
I am praying that God will give us complete clarity of vision. He will touch our pastor, give him the word exactly what he has for his church. And today I want to talk about how David saw the vision of what God had for him and what was his response in that. Because David responded with a heart of gratitude. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for all that you're doing in our midst. God, we thank you for our pastor and his family. We're so grateful for them. And now, God, as we prepare to step into another season of this church, God, I pray that our hearts are ready to receive the message. And God, when we receive the message, God, our hearts will be filled with gratitude that you would even choose us. Lord, continue to be with us this morning and speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. The reason why I go to this particular area, to, to David, is because when I start reading in 2 Samuel, I start hearing about David. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, go ahead and turn to 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel chapter 7. And the history leading up to this particular chapter of the Bible is when David actually becomes the king of Israel and Judah. David is, has just defeated the Philistines, and man, he is ready to go into this place that God has prepared for him. And as he's preparing to go into this place and just really establish this kingdom that God has provided for him, he also says, hey, the ark of God, which represents the presence of God, I want to bring the ark back to the city of David. And so David, along with 3,000 other people, they go down to the house of Ahinoam, and they go down, and they say, hey, we're ready to bring the ark back. And so as they start bringing the ark back, two guys, Uzzah and Ohio, who weren't even supposed to be around the ark, the ark started to fall, and Uzzah tried to catch it, and the Bible says in chapter 6 he died. David went back. And he started praying. He said, God, I want to bring the ark, the God of the covenant, back to the city of David. And so David continued to pray, and he put a plan together. He said, let's go back to the book. How did God desire for us to move the ark? Who is supposed to be in charge? How are we supposed to do this? And David got all of his people together, and they went back, and they got the ark of the covenant. And if you can get this picture in your mind, as they were bringing back the Ark of the Covenant, they would stop every six feet and make a sacrifice. They would go a little bit, stop every six feet and make a sacrifice. And they were celebrating. The Bible says David was just about dancing out of his clothes because he was so excited that the Ark of the Covenant was coming back. And so in chapter 7, it is, which is where we'll pick up this morning, David says, Lord, you've done a lot for us. But God, I want to build a house for you. I want to build a house for the Ark of the Covenant. God, you have done so much for me. What does it profit me to live in this house made of cedar and the Ark of the Covenant be uncovered? God, I desire to build a house for you. And as I look at chapter 7, this is what it says. Please read there with me. 
It says, now when it came about, when the king lived in his house and the Lord had given him rest on every side from all of his enemies, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, see now I dwell in the house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in tent within the tent curtains. Nathan said to the king, go do all that is in your mind for the Lord God is with you. But in the same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan and said, Go and say to my servant David, thus says the Lord, Are you the one who should build me a house and dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house since the day I brought up the sons of Israel from Egypt, even to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent, even in the tabernacle, wherever I have gone. With all the sons of Israel, did I speak a word with one of the tribes of Israel? which I commanded to the shepherd to shepherd my people Israel, saying, why have you not built me a house of cedar? And as this goes on, God starts giving David exactly what he desires of him, the covenant. And as David is sitting and listening to this, he's sitting and listening to the prophet Nathan give him all the things that God has done, all the things that he desires to do through him. David says his response in verse 18 is this, and you've got to read this. If you don't have a Bible, look on with somebody. You have got to read this. Listen to what this says. Then David, the king, went in and sat before the Lord after hearing everything. And he said, who am I, Lord? And God, what is my house that you have brought me this far? And yet, this was insignificant in your eyes, O Lord God, for you have spoken also in the house of your servant concerning the distant future, and this is the custom of man, O Lord God. Again, what more can David say to you, for you know your servant? And so as I look at this scripture, this first piece of scripture, I start thinking, David has a heart of personal gratitude. He says, God, who am I? Who am I that you would do all these things that if anybody was worth boasting on himself, it would have been David. Here you see a giant slayer, a leader of men, a talented musician, and the Bible says he was also handsome. And so you see David, this man, God chooses to use him, but he says in all this, he says, God, who am I? Who am I that you would bless me, not only bless me, but also bless my house? And as I stand here preparing to hear the vision from the pastor, I'm saying to myself, God, who are we? Who are we that you would decide to use us as a church? You have done so much for us already. God, you have established this church. We have been around over 60 years. You've given us great pastors. You've given us opportunities to minister across the world through movies, through personal missions. That was enough. But now, God, you desire to do, to do something new. Who am I that you would even consider us to do such an awesome task? 
So here you see David with a heart of gratitude. And he submitted himself through humility. He submitted himself through humility. But not only did he submit himself with humility, he was overwhelmed with God's commitment throughout the generations. Read this in verse 19 again. It says, and yet this was significant in your eyes, insignificant in your eyes, O Lord God. For you have spoken also of the house of your servant servant concerning the distant future, and this is the custom of man, O Lord God. Again, what more can David say to you? For you know your servant, Lord God. Listen, David says, not only have you blessed me, but you've blessed my house. And you are looking not only in the present, but also in the distant future. So the message that we are receiving or the messages that we are receiving is not only for us. When I look down here on the front row and I see my two children, Kyra and KJ, I think about vision isn't just for me, it's for them too. When I walk through the children's area and I see the children that are in cribs, I'm thinking to myself, this is not just for me. It's for them too. But it doesn't just stop here in the church. When I go to the Hispanic class, the reconciliation class, and I see their children and their family, I said, it's not just for me. It's for them too. When I go down on Highland and Davis, which is a very dangerous area, and I recommend you don't go down there. I go down there, I said, God, what is the vision? Because what you give to us is for them too. God, how do you desire to use us? David was not only overwhelmed what God said about himself, but he was also overwhelmed about the distant future. Many of you have been in this church for a very long time. And out in the atrium, you've heard it said many times before, whoever wants the next generation the most will get them. And David was rejoicing over the fact that God had chosen the next generation to fill in the gap after he had left. So it will be true of us. If we want the next generation, we need to be telling them and sharing with them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Now, if you look at the scriptures, not only was David submitted himself to humility, he was also overwhelmed with God's commitment throughout the generations, but then he realized the true purpose. Sometimes when God blesses, you can think it's only about you. You can think that it's only about us. It's all about our church. It's only about me. Oh, God, you did so much for me. Oh, God, you have just poured out your lavish blood. And, God, it was because of my faithfulness you have done this. It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. And it has everything to do with God. Look at what David says here in verse 20. He says, for the sake of your word. For the sake of your word, God, you have done this. God, because this is something that you have spoken in the past, and God, you're now allowing it to come to pass. God, we thank you because, God, it's for the sake of your word. And not only for the sake of your word, he says, and according to your own heart, 
you have done this. For the sake of your word and according to your heart, this is what I can count on. God is faithful. He's going to stand by his word and he will do everything he has said he will do. God is faithful according to your word. And then he says, not only according to your word, but also according to your heart. Listen, God loves people. Last week, our pastor so passionately shared about God's love for people. We need to be lovers of people. As you see, God is sending different people from different countries, different areas, different economic backgrounds, different people into our midst. Why? Because he wants to glorify his name throughout the earth. And so as he's bringing people, we should be aware, God, will you continue to use us, continue to use this church for your glory in moving forward? He said a couple of weeks ago, we're moving. Get on the train. We are leaving the station. Matter of fact, we have left the station. And you have to run to catch up with the train. The Lord is doing something incredible in our midst. And just like David listens to this message that God is giving him, we should be listening to the message that God is preparing for us. Amen? Not only did David have personal gratitude, but he also had a corporate gratitude. And what I mean by corporate gratitude, he not only saw how God blessed him and his family, but he also saw how God had blessed the nation of Israel. If you can read with me there in verse 22, this is what it says. For this reason you are great, O Lord God. For there is none like you and there is no God besides you according to all that we have heard with our ears. And, one na- and what one nation on the earth is like your people Israel? whom God went to redeem for himself as a people and to make a name for himself and to do a great thing for you and awesome things for your land before your people whom you have redeemed for yourself from Egypt, from, land, from nations and their gods. Verse 24 says, For you have established for yourself your people Israel as your own people forever, and you, Lord, have become their God. In this verse, David recounts his own personal gratitude, but also looks at how God redeems a nation. He has the power to redeem a nation. And just like God redeemed a nation, he has the power to redeem a city. God is looking to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeing whose heart, people's whose hearts are set on him. And I honestly believe that God is desiring to use this church to reach Albany, Georgia. And for years it has. But this is not the time to stop or slow down. This is a time to hear what God has planned and to step on the gas just a little bit more. You may be saying, but Pastor Pastor Ken, I'm stepping on the gas as much as I can. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Don't try to do the work in your flesh. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in serving, loving, teaching, admonishing, giving, 
whatever the Lord has set to your heart, I pray that you would get busy doing it. Because his desire is to use you and use you mightily. Listen to this. Not only did he recount God's redemption of a nation, he recounts God's faithful acts also toward that nation. But then number three, and this is where I'm going to camp out for just a little while. David gives a humble request. Gives a humble request. And I love this because David, he's looking back at his life and saying, Lord, look at what all you've done, but now I'm coming with another request. And this request can be said of us here today. Look at what it says. I want you to read this with me. Verse 25. He says this, Now therefore, O Lord, the word that you have spoken concerning your servant and his house, confirm it forever and do as you have spoken, that your name may be magnified forever by saying, The Lord of hosts is God over Israel. And may the house of your servant David be established before you. Now listen, listen to this. He says, confirm your word, confirm it. That word actually means to establish or to set up. He says, God, would you confirm or establish your word right now? You know what that's saying? He's saying, Lord, would you start establishing the promises that you've spoken to Israel? And how that relates to us, I'm praying today that God will begin to start establishing the promises that he has for Sherwood today. And when he does that, he starts to bring people. He starts to bring resources so the things that he's spoken will come to pass. You're not here just to come on Sunday mornings. You're not here just to come in and check the box and maybe even serve. The reason you're here is because God is confirming or he's establishing all the resources that he needs to bring about the things that he's getting ready to share in the vision. And so David has a humble request to God. He says, Lord, would you confirm what you're saying? He says, not only bring the people, but God, remind us along the way of your promises for us. This is great. And I'm so excited because David, in this verse, as he sits down and he's listening to this, he's saying, God, why me? And God, would you not only help me to understand this, but Lord, confirm your word. And not only confirm your word, the second point here, he says, now do what you've spoken. <laughs> he says, do what you've spoken because God, not only do I want to see it, and not only do I want to keep hearing it, but Lord, I want you to do it. <laughs> Because when you do it, people will see everything I've been talking about. And I will point to you because, God, you've been faithful. It will help to magnify your name. God, when we say, God, you are in our midst, and God, you're going to help us take this part of the city, or God, you're going to help us reach multiple nations, we're seeing it. We're actually seeing it being manifested today because of what you've done. This is awesome. Years ago, the church started praying. I got here, my wife and I got here around about 2007. 
And I remember some men in the church that said, hey, brother, you're just getting here. We need your help. We're putting up this fence around this place we got out here, big old park. And I remember driving out there and looking around, and these men, man, we was putting fence posts in. I was like, man, this church got enough money. They could hire somebody to do this. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> Man, we were putting that fence in, and people were talking about the vision. Danny, you remember that? Yes. <laughs> talking about the vision, how all these kids were going to be here. About how this is going to be a place for God's glory. You see videos of the pastor walking through a field that's with weeds up to here, talking about how God is going to use this to see people saved. And now today, on a regular basis, over 700 kids and their families are out there enjoying and serving and worshiping and and playing and and worshiping the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know why? Because somebody had a vision. And not only did somebody have a vision, but somebody got excited about the vision. And somebody said, you know what? I'll give whatever it takes to see the vision come to pass. I'm giving giving myself, my resources, God, whatever it takes to see this come to pass. God, I want to do it. Somebody had a vision about seeing young girls come to know the Lord. So they established a a pregnancy center so when girls got into trouble, they could come and and they 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 could hear about what's going on and hear about the Lord and know that there are options and they don't have to abort their children. Somebody had a vision and somebody got excited. And so now today there are over five pregnancy centers in southwest Georgia because there was a vision and someone was excited about the vision. And I stand here today excited about the future. I'm excited not because we're going to have just another building or just another activity that we do. I'm excited, number one, because God has chosen us. He's chosen you. If you're here today in this room or you're watching online, God has chosen you to be a part of what's preparing to happen. And shame on you if you come in here every day and just think it is business as usual. This is big brother talking now. Pastor's gone. (laughs) He's probably watching, though. (laughs) It's big brother. Shame on you. How could you take the grace of God for granted? God has taken you all this long way. He's brought you through many trials and snares. He's allowed you to see great things. And how could you just come in and just sit down and casually like, 
be prepared to do what God has called us to do, church family. And if you're a visitor here today, we're sorry. (laughs) But we're really not sorry. Because if you're here today and you're visiting for the very first time, you have a wonderful opportunity to be a part of a wonderful church. And that's true. God is doing things all around in our city, doing incredible things with incredible ministries. But I'm telling you, if you are here today, God desires you to be a part of his work throughout the world. Amen? As the choir prepares to come, I want to say just a few more things. Just a few more things. As I look at this, and I think about this personal gratitude, and I think about this corporate gratitude, and David's humble request, he talks about in the very last verse, and open your Bibles, just, just, just real quick here. Open your Bibles. Open it back. He talks about confirming the word, doing as you've spoken. But in verse 28, listen to what he says. He says, now, O Lord God, you are God, and your words are truth. And you have promised this good thing to your servant. Now, therefore, may it please you to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue forever before you. For you, O Lord God, have spoken, and with your blessings, may the house of your servant be blessed forever. God made the blessings available. He's asking, David is asking God to make these blessings available for my family and for generations to come. Wow. Are y'all hearing this text? This is David's response to the vision that God had given him. So what's going to be your response? And I want you to just think about, even now, just think about what God has done for you. How God has blessed you. How he's taken care of your family. Yes, you've had some setbacks, but God has still been faithful. And in his faithfulness, he has continually revealed himself over and over and over again. I guess the the challenge is, God, what are we going to do with what you tell us? I don't know about you, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As God confirms it, as as he does what he says, I'm asking, Lord, would you bless me? Bless this house. Bless this church. Bless the families that are here. 
Lord, would you use us as instruments for your glory? In such a difficult time, people need to know the hope that lies in Jesus Christ. And God, may you make us the messengers of that good news. I want us all to pray. Father, we thank you for, so much for today. And God, we're so grateful for your many hands of blessings. And God, as I look at this word from David, God, we're saying, God, who are we that you should bless us this way? You have put so much in our hands as a church and so many resources in our hands as a church. God, thank you. God, not only have you used us, you've blessed our families, but also, God, you have used us in this city of Albany and surrounding areas. God, thank you. And now, God, as we stand preparing to hear the vision from our pastor, God, let our hearts be like David's. To look at the vision and say, God, would you desire to use us again? Help us to be instruments for your glory. And Father, I pray also that if there is someone here today and they've heard this message about vision and God, they're just kind of trying to understand this. I don't understand, but I know, number one, God wants me to be saved. I need to have a savior. And number two, he has an incredible plan for my life to share the good news of the, the gospel and share the, 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 the gospel of repentance and coming to Christ. There's someone here today. God, who are we that you would use us to do that? Father, I pray that you be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, I want you all to stand. Our pastors are going to be in place. And if you are here today and you heard a message and saying, God, I want to be a part of this vision. I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want... I want your blessings and favor on my life. God, I just want to be obedient to what you have called me. I want you to come. If you're here today and you have never given your life to Jesus, because that's where it starts. Honestly, that's where it starts. If you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, today is the day, now is the time. God desires to do an incredible work in your life, in and through you. But he needs a surrendered vessel. Would you give your life to Jesus today? Would you give it today? Would you surrender God, here I am, today? So I ask, as the choir's playing, we ask you to come. Whether through prayer, salvation, just come. Surrender your life to the Lord Jesus today.